Well, a massive hello and welcome back to The Daily Brew, the devotional where every day we drink a new brew of coffee and we see what God is brewing for us in the Bible. Yes, it's cheesy, but it's true. And today is day 248 of 365 days of Bible reading. And it is so good to have you with me today. Looking forward to getting into our scriptures. And I am definitely not looking forward to getting into our brew today. I am drastically dreading everything about this coffee. I already know it's going to be in the negatives in terms of the rating. It smells horrible. We're going to get into it very shortly, though. Let's talk what scriptures we're going to be reading today. That's the good thing to look forward to, the Bible. So let's talk about that first. Proverbs 21, uh, chapter 21, sorry, verse 27, to chapter 22, verse 6. 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, verse 1 to verse 15. And Isaiah, chapter 8, verse 11 to chapter 10, verse 19. So those are the scriptures that we're going to be reading today. Make sure you get in amongst all of those at some point in your day. If you haven't done so already... If you have, you're ahead of the game. Let's... I don't want to, though. <clears throat> it's it's days like this that you, you really question why you're doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, why is it that I'm obsessed with stuff like this? But I saw this... Okay, let's start with the good. I saw this bag of coffee in the supermarket. It was on the bottom shelf, which, first of all, is where they put all the stuff they don't really want you to see. So, this is... This is what I saw. I saw this golden bag of glory. It is the Cafe Sivo, or maybe it's Chivo, I don't know. It's Italian roast, but this is what I saw on the back of the packet, and I can't show it to you because I've accidentally ripped the bag open. It's a recyclable bag, but I ripped the bag open. It says it's suitable, watch this, suitable for filter, stovetop espresso, plunger, and espresso. So it comes pre-ground, and I was like, no, there's no way. There's no way that a pre-ground bag of coffee is suitable for all of the brewing methods known to man. But I thought I'd give it a try. Now it recommends, this is how much it recommends. It recommends 6 to 8 grams of coffee per cup. And if you prefer a stronger coffee, prefer a stronger coffee, add more coffee. But I did this in the espresso, and when you put 6 grams of coffee into the espresso machine, it just runs straight through. There's no filtering process at all. There's no pressure. There's not enough coffee in there to actually do anything to it. So I doubled the consistency. I doubled <laughs> I doubled it, and lo and behold, straight away, it started flowing through, which means it's not filtered through the coffee. The granular, the granule, gradules, whatever you want to call them, the bits of coffee, it's not ground fine enough for the espresso machine. So I thought to myself of not actually trying this and just moving on to another thing or running it through the grinder to try and get a good flavor out of it, which I might try tomorrow. But here and now, I have got whatever the heck I've made in the espresso machine and I just, I'm just preempting the fact that it's probably going to be a heck no, this doesn't work for all, all of the roasting types, uh, all of the brewing types, I apologize. But let's give this a try today. This ran so fast it filled up the 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 shot glass that you use to measure the serving of coffee it filled it up so fast this is going to taste absolutely horrible but here it is today the chivo suitable for all brewing methods yeah right oh it just tastes like dirty water. It just tastes like dirty water. There's no, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to taste good, 
It tastes like what you think American coffee would taste like back in the like early 2000s. <laughs> oh, roast. Uh, no, it tastes like it just tastes like it tastes like absolute filth. That's what it tastes like. It has the potential to be a good flavor. That's why I want to run it through the actual grinder and give it a go and see if we can actually get some good flavor out of it. But as of right now, this is a heck to the no. It's as low as you can go. Zero, 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 zero. In terms of it being fit for purpose out of the bag in the espresso, it doesn't fill me with much hope for the plunger or for the Chemex. But we'll get into that in the coming days. That is it, though, for the brew for today. Horrible. Give me one, one sec. As you are, just want to have some water. Hold there. And we're back after having much water. Welcome back. Let's get into the Bible, the reason that we are here for today. Don't think about that coffee too much. I think if we surveyed all the people on the earth on whether they would rather have an excellent uh, reputation or excellent riches, I reckon that they would say riches, or at least many would say riches. The, the, the proverb we read today challenges us to consider what we would rather have, and that God's perspective is that a good name or a good reputation is more desirable than great riches. Our culture that we live in today promotes wealth and the desiring of wealth as the most important thing we could have in our lives. Now, as a byproduct, this increases people's status. So really what the world is selling is the idea of status and the idea of elitism. And the way they do that is by, if you have more money, if you have more stuff, you can gain in greater status. But again, this proverb reminds us that both the poor and the rich are equal as God has made them both. In God's eyes, it doesn't really matter how much money we do or do not have. What matters to God is our heart and how we represent Him here on the earth. This is proven through the fact that true riches is about humility and the fear of the Lord. That's what moves God's heart. And it really should be what moves our heart as well. The New Testament adds to this, by the way, and tells us that uh, about things that have far greater, longer-lasting value. And these are spiritual riches found in Christ. Jesus is our example. He's our example that we're supposed to set our standard on. And he's the example in the way that we are to follow. Jesus left the riches of heaven for the poverty of earth. Even all the riches on this earth do not measure up to the grandeur of heaven. The poverty that Jesus endured was personified by how he entered, entered the earth and how he left. This is not to elevate poverty or to say that because Jesus was born in poverty that we should aspire to poverty. I don't believe that that's the message here that the scriptures are trying to tell us. The message is that Jesus left the riches of heaven and embraced the poverty found here on earth for two main reasons. Number one, to empathize with those who have less. But number two, that so that through his poverty that we may become rich. And I want you to have a look at verse nine for the reference on that one. The church in Macedonia followed the example of Christ. Although they were poor, they worked out how they could give more than what they had. This is amazing. They worked out first how much they had to give, and then they figured out a way to give more. Yes, they gave. Even in their poverty, they gave to the church and to ministries. And they even they, they gave more than what they could afford to give. Now, Paul is arguing and urging more than arguing, but urging the Corinthians to follow the example of the Macedonians. Paul actually said that there are many areas of their life that were excellent, and he challenged them to, and this is what it says in verse 7, See that you also excel in this grace of giving. He actually goes further and encourages them to support those 
who have not through their giving. So what can we take from this portion of Paul's letter? Well, we can take the same encouragement that Paul gives the church in Corinth. Jesus embraced the poverty of this earth to bring us richness, both internally through the Spirit and externally. But we also see here that the Macedonians set a great example for us too. They challenge us on how our heart is towards giving and if we truly display a heart of generosity or not. Do not fear what they fear, right? That's the example and the instruction given from Isaiah today. We're so quick to embrace fear, embrace the fear that's going on in the world around us. I'm not suggesting that we should ignore wisdom, but there is a difference between embracing wisdom and living in in unfounded fear and hysteria. For every Christian, our call is to wait on the Lord and put our trust in Him. Many people in the Bible times, though, instead of putting their trust in the Lord, would turn to the occult, employing fortune tellers, spiritualists, and mediums, people who talk to the dead is what a medium is. Now, In our days today, these things still exist. And there's a growing trend in seeing these things come in the form of non-threatening games next to Harry Potter characters. This is huge in the UK, by the way. When I was walking around Scotland, I was shocked when I saw how how visible it was and how many shops there were selling these things. And and it was all celebrated by pop culture. But I want to be really clear. These are still demonic today. They're dangerous for every Christian to play with. These things today look like tarot cards, crystals, mediums, Ouija boards, spells, incantations, and so much more. All of these things are involved with the occult, and they're bad news spiritually and shouldn't be touched. At the time of recording this, I've actually uh, prayed with and helped deliver many people from spiritual oppression who have been sucked in to these demonic spirits by these things. You know, what's interesting is that one of them, after a ministry time, uh, that we'd had at a, at a youth rally, uh, a girl came up to me afterwards and I'd given her a word about, I'd just seen a picture, the Holy Spirit showed me crystals. And so I said, God wants you to get rid of some of these crystals. Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. And and what's interesting is that she came up to me afterwards and she was like, what's wrong with crystals? I heard them calling my name. Now, after, what was awesome was that we were able to sit together for about 15 minutes, me and another couple of her leaders, and we were able to sit together And we were able to explain how if God is real, right, if God is real, then so too is the devil. And if the Holy Spirit is real, so too are demonic spirits. And if the Holy Spirit speaks to us when he dwells in us, so too do do demonic spirits. And so while these crystals might have been calling your name, it doesn't mean that it was God calling your name from those crystals. And so we uh, did the journey with her and her leaders did the journey with her. She got rid of those crystals and now she's experiencing freedom unparalleled to so many other things. Listen, I want to encourage you that it's it's not always things that look good for us that are God for us. So we've got to be really careful that sometimes what the world peddles to us as what's good isn't actually God for our lives. We have to be really careful. You know, after we walked that journey, I asked the question of myself and I journaled. I was like, what is it that drives people to partner with the occult? And I think it's the following things. It's not a long list and obviously there's more things, but here are some of the things that I thought about. I thought about ignorance. People just don't know. Loneliness, looking for something to belong to. Cultural fads, the the, the phenomenons that happen in pop culture. But I think fear also drives us to these things. Whatever you're entertaining in your life right now in that list of things that are, are connected to the occult, ask yourself, do you fear what they fear? Is that why you're being driven towards these things like the, the people in the Bible? If you are, renounce its power 
repent of it, release it, meaning to throw it away, and run to God through the study of scripture, prayer, worship, and accountability. That's what Isaiah writes, right? He says, I will wait for the Lord and I will put my trust in him. Don't put your trust in things of the world, including these things that don't appear to be that bad for you. Listen, don't put your trust in those things. Don't even entertain them. Put your trust in the Lord. Verse of the day. Verse of the day today, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7a. I know it's not one verse, but just go with me on it. It says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Isn't it amazing that in the days of Isaiah, Jesus was being prophesied about, and so accurately too. And that is it for the Daily Brew today, day 248 of 365 days done and dusted. Thank you so much for joining me today. Man, I, I love reading the prophetic books of the Bible. Isaiah blows me away at the accuracy that he has towards some of the things that he's talking about here. It's incredible. Hey, a massive thank you for joining me no matter where you are around the world. And a massive thank you to all of you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube for subscribing, clicking the bell, rating, and following the podcast on all of our platforms, whatever that looks like on the platform you're engaging uh, in this with. A massive thank you to all of you. I pray that God blesses you as you read these scriptures and that you're enjoying this journey. If it is your first time here today, make sure you stop, go back to day one, and go on the whole journey of 365 days of Bible reading. Today, though, is day 248. Join me tomorrow for day 249. We are so close to 100 days to go. This year feels like it is racing away. Hey, a massive blessing over you. I love you. Thank you for joining me today. I love you. Cute. I can't believe I just said that. I love you. Love you. I do. Mm. Can't wait to see you one day. Hopefully I can meet. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could meet one day in person? That'd be fantastic. Until then, though, have a great rest of your day. If it is the start of your day, I'm trying not to cough. If it's the start of your day, have a great rest of your day. Unless it's the sleepy time, good night, sleep tight. Don't leave the big bugs by, and we'll see you tomorrow back here for another day of the Daily Brew. Time to cough. <laughs>